0: Good morning. Good morning. Good to see everyone here. Welcome to today's service from Lexington Christian Church. It's good to be here. in Lexington. Good to be anywhere, Lexington, Indiana. <laughs> yeah. It's good just to be. Uh, anyone have any announcements? I have one. I was told you uh, cucumbers, all you want, nice ones. See Kathy after the service. She's got six bushels in her car. (laughs) And the other I know is there's uh, Bible study tonight at 5. And that there is no Lexington Historical Society meeting this month due to the uh, increase of COVID cases. Anyone have anything else they'd like to proclaim? Nope. How about any birthdays this week? Yeah, uh-huh. Look at that. Hey, John. Jim?
1: To you, happy birthday. Is yours
0: Jim. What Jim when is yours? Twenty third. Twenty third? Twenty third. Does that mean you're <clears> twenty three? <throat> okay, well let's get our worship started this morning with Oh anniversaries. Anybody have any anniversaries? Good? Okay, now let's sing. Turn your hymns to hymnals to uh, 540. Send the light. Send the light. Good morning. Good morning. <coughs> Mitch would you lead us in prayer please sure
2: our father and God we thank you so much Lord God for giving us life for giving us health Lord as we rise every morning we give you thanks for a new day Lord as, as we partake of our breakfast or of our meals of the day we give you thanks for being the creator who gives sustenance to us And Lord, as we gather here on the days that we worship, we give you thanks because you are the God who is worthy of a praise, all honor, all glory. So Lord, as we gather this morning, we give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor. Let this service be used in a way that it glorifies your name and that it grows your kingdom. Move us, make us, use us, we ask it in Christ's name.
0: Our Our Father, Father. who art in heaven, hallowed
2: be thy name, thy kingdom come.
0: Have a seat,
1: please.
0: <clears throat> Someone say it's good to see Fred and Freddie. Glad both of them's here today. Uh, number 519, Faith is a Victory. We're all working toward. Amen. In hymn is 248, Blessed Redeemer. Amen. Up Calvary's mouth please to come give us our communion, meditation. Thank you.
3: In John, the 13th chapter, we read, it was just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas the Scarlet, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Entitled the reading this morning is, Wash One Another's Feet. Most of us are probably familiar with this story. In the following verses, we read Peter's response and Jesus' mild rebuke of him. Peter was embarrassed at the violation that Jesus had made by doing a job that was normally reserved for a slave. Never realizing that in just a few hours, Jesus would demonstrate the ultimate example of servanthood by going through the agony and death of the cross. I wonder how often we are concerned with what we feel are the important things while ignoring the problems that are staring us in our face. Are we so disturbed about the direction of the, our society is taking that we become obvious to the needs of our neighbor? The reality is that our neighbor may be the key to fixing the issues in our society. Just there's little I can do to resolve the overall problems in this country. Or I can write the president or my Congress, and perhaps I should do that but I'm becoming more and more convinced that the only way we can, tr- can truly make this a Christian nation is by converting our neighbor to Christ. And the most ethic way of doing that is simply by presenting the gospel message after our neighbor has come to respect us as people who truly care about them and who live our faith in our lives in verses 12 through 17 of John 13, Jesus explains why he washed his disciples' feet. It was to give them an example so that they, that is, we, should wash one another's feet. For Jesus, that meant a cross for us, and it will most certainly require a sacrifice of some sort. Today, we remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. Yet let us not forget that, while we can never do what he did, we have our role to play. Sacrifices woven into the very fabric of our Christian faith. And just as Jesus took up his cross, so in some manner must we. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this time to assemble in your house of worship, that dear Lord, that we can come around the table, remembering as you carried that cross to Calvary's, and that you died there upon our, on that cross for our sins, yes. that we do this in remembrance of you, and dear Lord, that we now take of this loaf, which represents your broken body, and this cup represents the blood that you shed there upon Calvary's cross, for each and every one of us our sins. Let's remember what you have done for us and return give you a portion that we will always lift you up and give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Mike.
0: Here's that. Certain college basketball team, I'm not going to mention who they were, but they went to the Bahamas and played in a tournament. And uh, for servitude, all the players and, and the coaches washed the feet of the people in the Bahamas, kids and the adults. Uh, it's got to be a custom for them there. Let's take a uh, few moments to contemplate what we're about to partake in. Commune one one on one with God. Following the examples that were set before us when Christ and his apostles had their final Passover supper together, Jesus took the bread and broke it and said, This is my body. Let's all partake. In like manner, he took the cup, poured it to the apostles, and said, Drink, each of us, for this is in remembrance of the blood that I will shed for you on the cross. Let's all partake, please. Let's stand for the doxology.
1: Praise God.
0: Praise him will be number five eleven, a victory in Jesus. Brother Bob's gonna sing a little special music for us today.
1: Amen. This
4: is almost the lane leading the halt this morning. <laughs> what a friend we have in Jesus. Amen. Prince of Faith
2: to be in the house of the lord you know we've got so much to be grateful for you you just think about what just what happened just recently we've had people in here that are here today that have had covid they're here they're here today praise god we've had people in here that had surgery they're fine they're here praise god We have much to be thankful for. We have much to praise God for. And we just, I think sometimes we forget that. I think sometimes we forget to praise Him. We forget to give Him the glory and the honor that is due to Him. Because He is so gracious and so good and so kind. He does so much for us. You know, what makes you breathe? Just think about that for a minute. What makes us breathe? What if you had to consciously f- focus and think to breathe? Not many of us would be here and fall asleep and <laughs> be done. God is good. All the, time. All the time. God is good. Amen. All right, as we move forward this morning in the book of Mark, We're going to be talking about Jesus healing a bleeding woman and restores a girl, young girl, to life. And I'm going to read the passage beginning in Mark chapter 5, verse 21. Uh, And I think it goes to verse 32, if I remember. Uh, No, it goes to verse 43, sorry. All right, so here we go. When Jesus had again... So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and uh, pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. Sound familiar? (laughs) When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped. And she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Praise Jesus. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, Who touched me? Are you nuts? Everybody touched you. (laughs) But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, "Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering." While Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. "Your daughter is dead," they said, "why bother the teacher anymore?" Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, wow, this commotion and wailing. The child is not dead, but asleep but they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. At this They were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Wow, there's a lot going on here. He does a miracle on his way to do a miracle. (laughs) Jesus is powerful. He's all powerful because he is God. You know, he has shown us That he had sovereignty over nature when he calmed the storm. He has shown us that he had sovereignty over the demons when he cast out the the demoniacs, cast out the demons from them. It was a legion, many. And they were afraid of him. And they fell down and trembled before him. Begging him, don't send us away out of this region. Send us into the pigs. Go. (laughs) Go. It was done. And then he came back on the other side of the lake. And there's a group of people waiting for him there. And as he's there, and this, this ruler of one of the uh, local temples comes, Jairus. You know, you think about this now. Most of the temple rulers, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all of the lawyers of the day, they despise Jesus. And he would have been expected as a ruler of the synagogue, president over the synagogue, to follow them and to follow their example. But you think about the position he finds himself in. He loves his daughter. He would do anything he can for his daughter. She's laying on her deathbed. And he's thinking, let's see, them or her? Them or her? I'm going I love her. I don't even like them. <laughs> They're not nice people. <laughs> and he, so he runs to Jesus and he falls down before him and he pleads with him to come and lay hands on my daughter so that she will live and not die. Now, can't you all put yourself in that position? Can't we all see that when our children were sick or dying that we pled with Jesus, we fell before our, 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 our God and on our knees begged him for mercy, begged him for healing. And most of the time, he answers the way we want him to answer. Not always. He has his own way, his own plans. But most of the time, he honors what we ask. And when he doesn't, He often lets us know he's not going to. He doesn't always tell us why. (laughs) I can remember my dad a lot of times. I would ask him if I could do something. Nope. Why? Smack! (laughs) Don't talk back to me, boy. I wasn't talking back. I was just asking why. (laughs) He didn't have to tell me why. He was an authority. So he didn't have to give a reason. Here we see that he is showing he has the ability to heal no matter what the sickness is. This poor woman. Here he is on his way to Jairus' house. And this poor woman also sees that Jesus is there. They both have hope and faith in Jesus That's why they come to him. They believe that he is able and that he will be willing to do these things. That's why they come and fall down before him and worship him and ask him, please, please, please come and heal my daughter. This woman comes before him uh, or comes to him while he's just walking along. And she thinks to herself, in fact, there's a song that a lady at a church I used to go to, she used to sing this song if I could but touch the hem of his garment, I would be made fully whole. That's the words of the song that I remember. It's a beautiful song with a great meaning. And I used to hear that song. It's been a long time since I heard it. I looked it up a while ago, and I'm gonna try to get the words to it. Maybe I can get Brother Wayne to sing it for us. <laughs> It is a beautiful song, and it fits so well with this story because that's where it comes from. This woman, you think about her, 12 years she's been suffering with this issue of bleeding. It's most likely menstrual bleeding, and you just can't get it stopped. Now, I'm not a woman, so I don't understand that much about that, but you do. But regardless, I know that the loss of blood weakens you and makes you very, very weak and very miserable. Uh, You know, you can't do anything much. Not only that, outside of all of that, folks, because of this type of bleeding, she was considered an outcast. No one could touch her. No one could be near her because of this. It was like a curse. She was unclean. And so she probably was afraid to ask Jesus to touch her because she was unclean. So she sneaks right up behind him in the middle of this crowd and touches his heart, the hem of his garment thinking, Wow, I'm going to be healed. And sure enough, boom, instantly she was. And then Jesus, knowing that power went out from him, it You stop and think about that statement. How did he know? He could feel it. He could feel it. He knew somebody's faith had caused him to have power go out of him. And so he stops. Here he is on the way to save a little girl's life. This happens and he just stops. And he turns around and he says, Who touched my garments? And his Disciples are looking at him thinking, okay, you've lost it. Everybody's touching your garments. (laughs) And that's what basically they're saying. How can you ask, who touched my garments with all this crowd around you? Oh, but someone did touch my garment for power went out for me. This was a different kind of touch. The other people were bumping into him and it meant nothing. This woman touched him and it meant something. This woman was serious about being saved and serious about being healed. She had faith that he could and that this would happen. And she didn't, she was afraid to ask him. She was afraid probably because she was unclean, her circumstance. And as soon as she come and confessed, can you imagine the moment she said, yeah, I've been bleeding for 12 years. You can just see the crowd scatter. (laughs) What? What are you doing here next to us? (laughs) But the moment I touched you, I was healed. Oh, okay. (laughs) She's healed. Now, it also gives us some detail about the background. During those 12 years, she wasn't just sitting around. She went to doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor. And she spent all of her money, all of her savings, paying the doctors. And yet she had no result. And again, I say, sound familiar? (laughs) I know times we've been there. But when we turn to the great physician, we can often find the answers. You see, Jesus takes over where the doctor stops. When the doctor says, I've done all I can do, Jesus says, not me. (laughs) I can do more than that. Now again, it depends on what his plan is for us but he is able and he is willing when we are obedient children when we cry out to him he hears and he will answer sometimes he says yes sometimes he says no sometimes he says wait a while but he answers and it is up to him i can't just claim i'm healed and it's going to be healed i can do that if the holy spirit answers me if if the Holy Spirit says within me you will be healed, I can claim it. But unless I hear a word from heaven, I can't say it. I can ask, and I can wait till I get an answer. Then I can say yes, no, or you tell me I've got to wait. <laughs> So many people today want to claim they're healing. Oh, I've been healed. And they've never heard a word from Jesus. And then they are so crushed when it doesn't happen. And I, 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 that breaks my heart because they've been deceived to believe that they can speak it and it will happen. Well, I know one who can do that. He's God. But I can't. I can't speak a new car in my driveway. <laughs> you know, I can't I can work and, and get money and save it and get one. Uh, and the only reason why I could do that is because he made it possible for me to do that. But we often, we get sidetracked if we're not careful thinking that all of these miraculous things are up to me. No, it's not. It's all up to God. But we have to take part in it. We have to believe. We have to ask. We have to have the faith to know that he can do it. Then we have to ask if he will do it. Is he willing to heal us? Most of the time. But sometimes he has a different plan. Sometimes he has a greater plan. You know, most Christians today act like dying is the worst thing that could ever happen to you. Duh. Where are you going when you die, folks? You're going to heaven. You're going to be with the Lord. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's a good thing. No more pain. No more suffering. No more struggling. No more problems. No putting up with your neighbor. uh, You know. (laughs) All those things. Are a plus. But this woman. After he says, who touched me? She came and she fell down before him and told all of the truth. What do we do when we get saved? We confess, we repent, we believe. That's what this woman did. She came and fell before the Lord and confessed all. And did so publicly. This would have been a very embarrassing thing to talk about in the public. But she did it because she was grateful that the Lord had already healed her. So this is a testimony also at this point. And then after that, they, they are moving forward or getting ready to move forward. And then these people come from Iris' house and say, oh, never mind. She's dead already. Jesus didn't say, well, I'm sorry. It's time to weep. He didn't say, well, I'm sorry we didn't get there quick enough. There's nothing I can do. No, he said, don't be afraid. Just believe. Believe what? Believe that you can raise my daughter from the dead? Well, that's a little harsh. I mean, you think about this. That hadn't happened very often at this point. And they wanted to believe it. But I'm sure they had doubts. I'm sure they were wondering, what's he talking about? Is he really able to do this? I believe him. I want it to happen. Well, let's go see. So they go with him. They go home. Now, Jesus said, she's not dead. She's just asleep. And they laughed at him. Why? Because they had checked her pulse and she had none. They had listened to her lungs. She was not breathing. They knew she was dead. Why does he say that she's asleep? Because to God, there's no death for those that belong to Him. There is no death. You just your body goes into a state of sleep, but your spirit lives on. You just your body looks like. Have you ever noticed how bodies, when they're laying in the casket, it always looks like they're asleep. And he says, no, no, it's all right. Don't worry about it. One reason why he said that is to build their faith. I'm able to wake her up. I'm able to wake her up. That's a lot easier to swallow than I'm bringing her back from the dead. But he he runs all of those people out, all of the doubters, all of the mockers, all of the wailers. He gets them out of the way. You, you're not worthy to witness this. You're not, you're not a believer. You just get out. And he brings the mother and the father and his disciples with him, and he takes this twelve-year-old girl. Now, notice twelve-year-old girl, twelve years of bleeding. Twelve is a number of the nation of Israel, and so here. He takes her by the hand. Talitha kum. And immediately she raises up and begins to walk around. And he says, give her something to eat. She's been sick, so she hasn't been eating much. In fact, after she got so sick, she wasn't eating at all because then she died. Apparently... Being resurrected causes an appetite. (laughs) I can remember one time when I was in the hospital and uh, I I had a fever. It was over 106. And they put this refrigerated blanket on me. They put a wool blanket and then a refrigeration blanket that had a machine hooked to it and run cold stuff through it. And uh, I can remember my bed shaking. I was shaking so hard, my whole bed was rattling on the floor. And they did that, and they put something in my IV, and boom, I'm out. <laughs> I woke up two days later. My mom's still sitting there in the chair beside me. She said, how you feel? First thing I said, she, she always reminded me of this. First thing you said, I'm hungry. She said, you're OK. <laughs> but. Eating after an illness is a sign that you're well, that you're feeling better. You now feel like taking nourishment. It's a blessing. But you just think about how God spoke the world into existence. And now you have Jesus is speaking these things, this little girl back to life. There is, a, uh, there is a comparison and a contrast there. God and Jesus, why? Because Jesus is God. He is sovereign. He is proving that he is the Son of God by showing that he is sovereign over all of these things. He was sovereign over nature. He's sovereign over the spiritual world, over the demons. And he is sovereign over illness and death. He is God in the flesh. This is the God we serve. This is our Savior. He is able to meet our every need. If nature gets bad and there is tornadoes, there's earthquakes, just remember our God is able to speak to it and say, Peace, be still. If there is a a situation where you feel like you're demonically being pressured or, uh, or whatever, the demons are speaking things to you, telling you, you're, you can't, you're ugly, you're fat, you're whatever, Jesus is able to stop that, just say in Jesus' name, get away from me, devil. Go back to hell where you belong. That name Jesus, when it's spoken with faith, causes all of hell to quake. Those demons fell and worshiped Jesus When you use that name, they hear it, and they must obey. They must obey. They don't have an option. Why? Because Jesus is Lord. When we have illness, we can turn to our Savior who is able to deliver. He may use a doctor, or he may use miraculous means, or he may let us suffer for a while so that we learn to depend more on him. (laughs) We never know exactly what he's got in mind but there's a reason for all things even sickness there's a reason that he allows those things to happen you know i know there are some people who believe that if they have enough faith they'll never get sick well i wish them well (laughs) but somehow i find that that's not always god's plan if it were true that Christians who had faith never got sick, everybody would want to join up. Oh, wow, you mean I can become a Christian and I'll never get sick? Yeah. Oh, well, let me, where do I sign up? <laughs> That's the best insurance plan ever. <laughs> but, folks, it's not always God's plan. And often when we are sick, it helps us to realize our need of Him. It makes us more dependent on Him. It reminds us, hey, I'm not in charge. <laughs> he is. There's other reasons. I understand that. I believe some of it's just a matter of science. germ spread. <laughs> he can also prevent us from getting sick. If we are doing His work. I mean, think of Mother Teresa. She worked with those people who were Contagious all of her life, all of her adult life. The Lord prevented her from catching those things and she hugged those people who others would not come near. She laid hands on them, she bathed them, she nursed them. But God kept her from catching those things because she was doing what he wanted her to do. God is sovereign. Our God has no one bigger than him. Our God has no one to tell him what to do and what not to do. Our God is the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the king of kings. He rules all. And we will all answer to him one day on how we did with what he's given us. So, how are we doing? And again, I'll say it like I did a few weeks ago. If we got a report from heaven, a report card from heaven, <laughs> what grade would we be given? Based on how we're living, according to what we know. Would you get an A? A plus? B, C, D? Nobody here gets an F. Because we all have effort. We're all trying. Maybe we get an E for effort. (laughs) God loves us. He wants us to love him back. And he wants our love to be seen by others. By the things we do, by the way we live, by the way we talk. So... How are we doing? If you have a need this morning, just mind the Lord and come as we sing. Brother Wayne.
0: Our invitation hymn will be 539 where he leads me. Amen. Anyone have a need, please come forward.
1: I can hear.
0: Mitch, you have anything you want to add today to this?
2: Just
0: praise the Lord. Praise Him. Reminder again, buddy, uh, Bible study tonight at 5. Yes. And I wonder if we had anyone to um, add to the prayer list.
2: Your prayer. Okay. I can do that. <laughs> do you feel like you've been in church today? Yeah. Amen. Amen well let's pray Father God thank you so much for your presence among us this morning thank you that you never leave us you never forsake us thank you for the healings that have taken place whether through the doctor or the surgeon or or just by touch thank you Lord that you get us through no matter what we face as long as we cling to you you will pull us through it Lord you are able to meet our every need thank you Thank you. No matter how hard times get, we can depend on you. You promised your children would never beg for bread. You promised that you would supply our every need in Christ Jesus. So, Lord, we are thankful. We claim these things. We praise you for them. We ask you to remind us of them every day of this week and to remember to give you thanks from the moment we wake up till the time we fall asleep. Let us be thanking of you and thanking you. Bless us in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. God be with us all till we come back again.
4: God be with you till we meet again.